Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. You know, when I think about the best is yet to come, and I think about, you know, Paul, basically Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 2, that this is who you used to be, but God's got something better for you. I've called it, it the best is yet to come because what it makes me realize is that your best days are not behind you. Some of you have believed that. You've believed that you passed your prime or you believe that your best opportunity, you blew it. But, but I'm here to remind you that your best days are in front of you, that the best is yet to come. It makes me think, when I think the best is yet to come, it makes me think of old school versus new school. That... I'm so thankful that there are some things that are not still in style today. Come on, somebody. Like, I'm so thankful, like even in fashion. Aren't you thankful that some of the things that you used to wear, that, that that's not in style today? Come on, anybody ever have some bad fashion moments and you're honest and you just put your hand up? Come on, how many of you hashtag bell bottoms right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like old school versus new school. And, and, and I, I think that, you know, the, the best days are in front of me. I, I think about when I was in college. And I had my first job, and I got my W-2. Yeah, I went to school. Your boy's got a degree. I'm qualified to do this stuff. Come on, somebody. That, that I remember I got my W-2 for my first job, and it was $11,000. Come on, anybody thankful that your best days were not $11,000, but that there was something better? Well, I was excited. Come on. I mean... Because Gold's Gym wasn't paying right. Let's go. And I'm so thankful that the best is in front of us. Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 2 that where you find yourself in your life today, that if you will plant yourself in Christ, your best days are in front of you. Here's the reason why. You cannot partner with Christ and greater things not happen to you. Because the reason is because God is the greatest of all things. His being and His entity in you linking up with God automatically assigns you for greatness. It automatically qualifies you for greater. I love it because in Ephesians chapter 2, the first three verses, Paul describes us as being sons and daughters of disobedience. He said that we were filled with lust. He said that we, we hung out with the prince and the principalities of this world, which meant this. All we did was live our lives to feed our flesh and to feed our mind. But then in verse number four, somebody say four. Paul drops a bomb and he says, you used to be filled with disobedience. You used to be filled with lust. You used to be filled with heartbreak and disappointment and backbiting and people stabbing you in the back. You used to be lost and have no purpose. But then in verse number four, he says this, but God, he says that he, you used to run around aimless, but then God interrupted your story. God intersected your life. God found you. Listen, you didn't find God because God wasn't lost. If you know Jesus, it's because he found you. Is there anybody at the 12 o'clock in the south section that you are thankful that God interrupted your story? You see, what Paul is essentially saying is this, but God, God wants to have but in moments in your life. You may have come to church today because somebody invited you and you're here just because a friend invited you. You're here because your parents made you or you're here because you want to see some hot girls or hot guys. I don't know why you're here. I'm going to be honest. I don't know why you're here. People give me all kinds of reasons and they fill out those guest cards. They're like, I love Brave Church. Honestly, I was just here to fish. Come on, somebody, you know, and 
and, and I don't know why you're here, but here's what I would say is that regardless of why you are here today, God wants to butt into your life. He wants to butt into your circumstance because we have a God that he can butt into the impossible and make it possible. I don't know what your finances look like, but if you have a but God moment, you can leave here with blessings raining down on your finances. I don't know what your body looks like, but you can have a but God moment at the 12. Oh, I feel it in this place. And you can leave in one moment. God can heal your body. I don't know what your relationships look like, but you can have a but God moment and God can restore God. God can deliver. I don't know what addictions you're dealing with, but can I tell you, you can have a but God moment in this house today. Somebody needs to give God a praise because God interrupted your life. Yeah, yeah. I remember who I used to be. I thank God I'm not a finished product. How about you? But I'm not finished. God's not finished with me. But I know who I used to be. I remember being an angry, bitter young man on South Beach. But God interrupted my life. And God butted in and said, this life is not your own. I've created you for greatness. I've created you with purpose. Oh, I wish there would be somebody in the 12 o'clock service who would say, God, I give you praise for the purpose in my life but God yeah 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 God said you used to believe that the world the way of the world was how you found joy and contentment but, but, but God brought you to a church like Brave Church but, but somebody invited you to church you were just at work minding your own business and someone gave you an invite that they brought from this seat and they gave it to you and you didn't realize it wasn't just someone trying to patronize you and get you into a church it was literally god interrupting you through a co-worker god interrupting you god saying oh i've got to butt into your life and give you hope and give you purpose i've got to give you something bigger than yourself i don't know about you but i'm so thankful for point number one write it down paul says but god no matter where you've come from today god wants to be a part of your life see paul says but God, who is rich in mercy, look what it says in verse number four, it's in your notes, because of his great love with which he has loved us. I love it that it doesn't just say God has mercy, it says that God is rich in mercy. That's bad mercy, y'all. And then he goes on to say, not just does he have rich mercy, but he has great love for you. Which is so good because some of you thought God was angry at you. God's not angry at you. God has great love for you. God's love is tenacious. God's love is ferocious. God's love is not aimless. God has aimed his love at the doorstep of your heart. God has great love for you. He's got great love for your family. He's got great love for your kids. He's got great love for your coworkers. Is there anybody that is here that is thankful for the great love of our God? so thankful for his great love you see this love is not just a love it's a great love even when you tried to rebel against god god's like i've got great love for you and i'm coming after you even when you tried to run from god come on anybody at the 12 o'clock honest enough to admit you tried to run from god before come on god says oh i'm not gonna let you because i'm gonna come at you with my great love it kind of reminds me this this past weekend yesterday um it, this this weekend it, how many of you know like birthdays are not just on the birthday anymore <laughs> they have this thing called birthday week 
And some of you aren't even happy with that. Like you start 32 days out from your birthday. It's birthday month. Just let everybody know. Here's my cash app. Let's go. And, and so it's Britain's birthday. So if you see my son, he turns uh, 11 tomorrow. You see him, just tell him happy birthday. Slap him in the head. He'll take it. It's good. Happy birthday, bro. No, gently, just like, kind of just like gently, you know. Give. It's his birthday. So we took him to go play this, this uh, paintball thing up in Fort Lauderdale, Broward, somewhere up there. And, and we're up there playing this paintball thing. And, and we're, we're, we're gearing up. And, and um, all of a sudden, this, this kid walks in. He's like this middle school boy. And this middle school boy walks in. And he looks like he's straight out of Rambo. You know, we're all borrowing the equipment from this place. He came with his own equipment. Like he's walking in and it's like Eye of the Tiger is like, there's like his friends following him with speakers, you know, that's exaggeration, but that's what it felt like. And and he walks in, he's got his gun and he's walking around just dry firing his gun. Bruh, bruh. And he's like looking at all of us. Bruh, 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 bruh. And I'm going to admit, I got a little scared. This little middle schooler intimidated me. He's walking around. He started, he's like walking like he's out of the Wild West. He's like, I'm going to light you all up. Bruh, bruh, bruh. And the lady that works is like, young man, you can't do that. You get it? And I'm like, yeah, can, can someone, where's your parents? You know, like. So I call, call the family together because we're there with my kids and my family. I'm like, y'all. Our mission, I don't care if we lose. Let's take that middle schooler out. We're going to take him out. Kids are like, Dad, are you okay? No, I'm not okay. So we get in there, and man, the buzzer goes off. Come on. And we're going through, and we are just looking for this middle. Come on, there's something wrong with your pastor, I'm telling you right now. Where you at now, Rambo? daddy's coming for you where you at and we see him i'm like there he is kids get him then we scare that kid to death he's like i'm out i'm out we get out i'm just like i felt so convicted by this is part of confession (laughs) i'm not a priest but you're like what do you do i confess to my church it's reverse it's like opposite of like what And you don't believe how much better I feel after this right now. But as horrible as an illustration as that may be, can I tell you, that is exactly how God aims his love at us. That he's like, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I've come after you with my love. I'm so thankful that God's not aiming his love with anger. He's not aiming his love with wrath. And let me tell you something. The the most unlovable feeling person in this room, you're like, well, God can never love me because look what I did last night. Look at all this stuff. Look how I failed. Can I tell you, you're the very person that God is just like, man, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after the homeless. I'm coming after the one who feels loveless. I'm coming after the one who feels so unqualified and so unworthy. Somebody needs to give God a shout of praise that he loves us. Yeah. 
Number two, let me read this verse to you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I'm going to take time in number two to teach you some doctrine. What doctrine is, is basically this. It's a teaching of how God works. That verse right there is one of my favorite verses. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Number two, write this down. This is the divine order. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul teaches us the divine word. Pastor, what does that mean? He just, teach, he just taught us how our faith works. In other words, what he says is this, grace first and then faith. In other words, what he's saying is this, Jesus, then you. Because grace is not a principle, grace is a person. And the person is Jesus. Listen, in a community like our community where my family comes from Catholic backgrounds and your family comes from all kinds of backgrounds and catholic and whatever whether it's buddhist whether it's in and even christian if you've come from christian homes if you're not careful what happens relationship becomes religion when we try to reverse the divine order where it's about us first and then god paul reminds us in ephesians chapter 2 jesus is always first then us let me show you the power of that Basically, what he's saying is this. You are saved through grace. Jesus saved you. You are not saved by your faith. That's important because many times we grew up in church. Maybe you grew up in a church similar where it's like, how good were you this week? How good of a Christian were you this week? Did you read? Did you pray? Did you tithe? Did you, I mean, did you tithe? Did you tithe? Um, what, what kind of movies? What, what movies did you watch? What, what what were they rated? What'd you drink this week? Come on, somebody. And I, and I believe in I believe in holiness. I believe that if we're, we're we're Christ followers, we should look different. But we shouldn't look different as a performance to try to please God and earn salvation. What Paul is saying is this. Let me summarize it. You cannot earn your salvation. It is by grace that you are saved you cannot save your i cannot save myself there's you on your best day cannot save yourself aren't you so thankful that god at your worst gave you his best aren't you so thankful that he loved you when you were unlovable aren't you so thankful that he looked for you but my grace is sufficient you it is your grace God that has saved us it is your mercy that has saved us he is rich in mercy and he has great love Paul says this it is by grace it is by Jesus that you've been saved through your faith in what Jesus did that's going to set so many of you free which means this some of us live like when we mess up we feel like we're so unworthy come on don't you at times I do and there's sometimes I blow it pastor you blow it news alert your pastor's not perfect yeah we all blow it and the enemy would just want you to feel like oh see you can't do it just give up and Jesus is like don't you understand that's what my grace is here for In other words, remember, grace equals Jesus. That's what Jesus is here for. 
grace is free, but it's your faith in what Jesus did that gives you power. Come on, can we go a little bit further? Look what he goes on to say. I love this. For by grace you've been saved. Then verse number 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I want you to make this confession today. I want you to make number three your confession today and this week. Come on, are you ready? Come on, deal? Deal? Come on, a confession. It's so good. It's going to help you this week. Here's your confession this week. I am made by the greatest to be the greatest. Yeah, I am made by the greatest to be the greatest. Can I tell you, the creator of the planets made you. I don't know. I have this fascination with like, I like to know where all my stuff is made. So I, you know, I buy some shoes. I'm like, where were they made? China. Got a shirt. Where's it made? China. My kids got a toy. Where's it made? China. Got them a basketball hoop. Where's it made? China. I mean, it's just, I just want to know, is it made in the U.S.? Is it made in Singapore? Is it made in the Philippines? Is it made in China? I mean, I want to know. Can I tell you, the tag on your soul says that you are made by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are made by the greatest for the greatest. Can I tell you, you are not an assembly line product. You are a designer's original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are made by the greatest for the greatest. You are made by the greatest to be the greatest. I I believe that even in this room today, there are brave church people that today you are becoming in alignment with this fact that you are made by the greatest for the greatest, which tells me that God wants you to be the greatest in your family. God wants you to be the greatest at your high school. God wants you to be the greatest in your middle school. God wants you to be the greatest at UM. God wants you to be the greatest at FIU. God wants you to be the greatest at Nova. He wants you to be the greatest at Miami Dade. He wants you to be the greatest in your field, in your business. He wants Listen, I believe with all of my heart, some of you, that man, God has given you, you're thinking regional influence. And God's like, you're thinking too low. You've been made by the greatest for the greatest. I want to give you national status. Some of you have businesses and you're thinking too small. God's saying, I want to elevate that. Come on, take it up a notch. Don't settle. I've been making the greatest in you and you've been made by the greatest. You see, the reality of it is that you have royalty in your veins. You have royal blood in your veins. It it, it doesn't matter where you came from, how much money you have or don't have. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter the pedigree. Come on, we all have the same blood and it was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he is the greatest and he has put it inside of you. It's in your DNA to make a difference and change the world. Look what he goes on to say. I love this. He said, you've been made by the greatest for the greatest. In other words, um, we learn that we've been saved through grace. So God has saved us and rescued us. Anybody thankful? But why would he save us and rescue us? It tells us right here in verse number 10. He created us in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. It means this, he saved us and he rescued us for good works. Wait a minute, Pastor, you just contradicted yourself. You just said it's by grace, it's not about works. Let me just introduce something to you. The grace concept is the divine order. 
The good works is his divine plan. He saved you and rescued you by his grace, but now he has a plan for your life. He didn't save you and rescue you just so you could sit at home and play NBA 2K19. He didn't save you and rescue you just so we can come to church on a Sunday and sit in a seat. He didn't save you and rescue you just so that you can fit in and be normal and average in Miami. He saved you and he rescued you because he's got a plan for your life. Anybody thankful for the plan of God for your life today? He saved us and he rescued us. He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you says this, I've got a plan for you to do the work of the Lord. And here's what I, I wrote down in my notes, and I just had this thought, that the fact that God is in your future, and he is calling you into the things he has for you. And some of us are just stuck in our past. Some of you are stuck in your failures. You're stuck in the hurts that have been done to you. But can I tell you today, God is not just in your past. He's not just in your present. But God is all up in your future. And he is calling you into something greater than you can imagine. I just wonder if there's somebody here, you haven't walked into greatness because you didn't feel like you were worthy enough for his greatness. But today, I believe God's going to shatter that mindset of insecurity and not good enough. I believe today is a day where we're going to walk into the greatest that God has for us. I believe that today, come on, are you with me today? Today is the day that we'll say, God, use me for your plan. Well, what's his plan? Let me answer this and we're going to close. Here's what it says in verse 10. I love this. This building, he used the apostles and the prophets, using all of us. Irrespective of how you got here and what he's building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. And now he's using you. Come on, one more time. Look at your neighbor and say, he's using you. Brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone who holds it all together. We see it taking shape day by day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. Number four, write this down. It's my final point. Here it is. Number four is this. God is building a home. Paul is saying, you're created by the greatest for the greatest. And all of this greatness is not just so that you can have a bigger house. It's not just so that you can go from vacation to vacation. It's not just so that you can live just paycheck to paycheck. But God says, I put greatness in you because I want to do something great in Miami. I want to do something great through Brave Church. God says, I'm building a home. Brave Church, let me say this. God is building a home at this church. He's building a home. In fact... It is implied because in Ephesians chapter 2, in Ephesians chapter 2, he's writing to a church, like Brave Church. And what he tells this church is the same thing. The principles are transferable. What he's telling them is what he's telling us. Brave Church, God is building a home through your church. Watch this. The church is not just an organization. It's not just something that you do. This is a home. A home for who? At the end of Ephesians 2, he says this, for the Jew and the Gentile. In other words, translated, that means this, for church people and unchurched people. In other words, brave church should be a place that unchurched people should come in and feel welcomed. This should be a place where we shouldn't be embarrassed to bring our friends who are far from God but close to us. This is a place where everyone is welcome. This is a place where we can look at our friends and our co-workers and our family and say, you belong here. God loves you. He's got a plan. But let me tell you something. You're a part of that plan. Let me say this. Let me say this. 
a plan B. I, I woke up with this, this thought today. I'm going to close with this. I woke up with this thought today. It really just, it, it really disturbed me. Because I woke up this morning with this realization, if statistics are true, and Miami is like one of these hot places of church statistics, if, if statistics are true, half the churches in Miami will close in the next five years. If statistics are true, 97% of our city is going to hell. Like I woke up with that statistic in my head because I've heard it and then I heard it again this morning. And I don't know about you, but I'm not okay with that. other nonprofits and organizations in our city but Paul never said hey I want you to go and start a nonprofit." God said this Paul said this through Paul I want you to go I want you to build a home that preaches Jesus that brings hope and healing and peace to the city in other words he told the apostles and the, and the prophets go and start brave churches Go start them in Miami so that we can go after 97% of people with the love of God. What is Brave Church about? We are all about loving the lost. We're about loving the hopeless. We're about loving the people who don't have peace. Oh, there's something inside of me that just says we've got to be a part of the plan of God. Is there anybody in this room today that would be thankful? You get to say, I thank you, Jesus. I get to be a part of the plan. Shout to praise today. Come on, would you stand to your feet today? You know, when I, when I read Ephesians chapter 2, and I read that God is building a home, really, that's what we should think of Brave Church as. It's not a church, but this is a home. Like, I get so excited about this. Because not only is this a home, watch this, but God wants you to help build this home. I was talking to someone this week, and they're talking about like this building that we're in right now. Can I tell you, I don't even know who the, I don't, I don't know who the people who built this place, I don't even know who they are, but I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures, and can I tell you, this building's been here for like, 60 years they never dreamt that this building would be having the impact in our city that it's having right now like they didn't they didn't hire a contractor to build this building and it's crazy because we've had contractors and engineers in here and like when we did the lobby and they came and they looked at the lobby and they're like oh my gosh I've never seen a building built so strong before y'all if a hurricane comes through Hashtag rebuke that in Jesus' name. Let me just tell you something. Like, we all need to come in here and do a party in here. Because this building ain't going nowhere. Like, it's crazy. Like, there's still... Uh, anyways. And, and they come in, and they're like, who built this building? They begin to dig around and find out that it was the people in the church. Like, literally, they built this thing brick by brick. They put the mortar in, and then they put a concrete brick. And there's like a basketball court upstairs. Like... They built this whole thing. It's crazy. And I thought, those people, they never knew you. They didn't know me, but here we are. Like, we are 
God, what's our responsibility? God said, the previous generation built the walls. This generation, you and me, we're called to go into the city, tear the walls down to get them into this place. It is us to build Brave Church. God wants to use you to build Brave Church. Come on, somebody give God praise that we get to be a part of the plan. One more time. Let's give him praise. Thank you, God. God, we thank you that we get to be a part of the plan. You saved us and you rescued us. And you included us in the plan. I thank you for begin. All of my friends who have not gotten to begin, they may think, well, how can I get in on helping build Brave Church? Begin next weekend. They can jump in and find out with their place. We can serve. We can build. I thank you for the kids workers that are back there. They are building brick by brick young people's lives. I thank you for the production team, the parking lot people, the ushers, the host team. I thank you for the worship team. I thank you for everybody. I thank you for Kindle and the people who get there early and they set up and they tear down. Basically, we are building brick by brick your hope for humanity, which is the local church. God, we're not perfect, but God, we know we were created by the greatest to be the greatest. I pray, God, that every person in this room, watch this, I'm going to pray a bold prayer. God, I pray that every single person in this room would feel the conviction part of building what you're building here at Brave Church in Miami. I pray, God, that you would wake us up in the middle of the night hurting for people that are hurting. God, even in the midst of some of our own pain, God, you will turn our pain around when we begin to serve someone else's pain. God, I pray that we would have such a burden and a heart for humanity, Lord, that we would fall in love with Miami again. I pray for people that have been serving and they kind of just have gotten cold and Monday. I pray you would shake us up, God. You would reignite the fire once again. God, we thank you, Lord, that you have included us in the plan. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor David, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Today, I want to say yes to him. Can I tell you, that's the most important thing you could ever do in this room today. Like we saved the best for last, y'all. Like more than the yells, more than the amens, more than the hands up in worship, that this is the most important part of this whole day. And I'm talking to somebody here that you know you don't know God. Wash me.
Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.